Hello and welcome to the High Performance Hive podcast. I'm your host, Harmony Jade. The High Performance Hive is your go-to podcast for powerhouse businesswomen who want to squeeze more juice out of life, upgrade their mindset and cultivate a hustle-free lifestyle, all whilst creating an aspirational dream business with ease and flow. I'm a huge fan of community and I would love to connect with you. So screenshot the episode and tag us at Harmony double underscore Jade on Instagram with what you loved about this episode. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the High Performance Hive. I'm your host, Harmony Jade. And today I am super excited to have this very special guest on. She is not only one of the most amazing award-winning coaches out there that helps business-to-business coaches and consultants go from 5K months to 30K months. She was actually my first coach as well. So she has actually built her best business up to a six-figure startup in under three years, which is absolutely phenomenal. Anyone in business knows how hard that actually is to do. And to date has coached over a thousand women to successfully grow their businesses to 10K plus months. So Steph is the recipient of the Brains Global Award and has been named among Forbes' top business coaches in 2021. So she is with us now. Thank you so much for joining me, Steph. Thank you so much for that uh, beautiful intro that my team wrote. (laughs) I love that. It's one of those things like so funny because I've never heard that before. And so it's really interesting when like you see that your team has written something, you're like, shut up, stop it, am I? (laughs) (laughs) But it is all true. (laughs) Yeah, it is all true. It's all true. For the people that don't know who you are, Steph, do you want to introduce yourself that is not off script? (laughs) (laughs) I guess for me personally, like when people say, kind of, who are you? I think I can get really bogged down in believing or telling people that I'm a business coach. And I think that it's such a very linear way to describe what I do when actually what we do is so, and what I specifically do is is so well-rounded that you know, I don't think it could be shoved into one description or one meeting or one box. And so my mission in this lifetime is to help more women have a seat at the table. And I'm talking like the big table, the table that all of us want to seat at, but our little limiting beliefs or our stories or our conditioning has told us that we can't or we won't or we're unworthy of that seat. And so in this lifetime, for me personally, it's helping women to get that seat at the table. And my main passion is helping women to create financial freedom. And I do that in various methods, in various ways, because I just am really heartbroken by the statistics of women who are in their 40s and 50s who you know, are homeless and don't have financial stability because they were relying on their husbands. And then after divorce, they're just left with nothing. And it really breaks my heart. And it really doesn't have to be that way in this day and age. I think women can earn what they want. And so that's what I'm here to do in this lifetime. And business coaching is a part of how I create that. I love that. I love that so, so much. And yeah, we can get bogged down and pigeonhole ourselves into doing one thing, but what you do is actually help people change their lives and create the life that they actually want. And I love that. And I experienced that with you as well, which I absolutely loved being in the Purpose and Profit Mastermind. It was amazing. Tell me about a time where you, well, your earliest memory, should I say, of when you really kind of thought, hang on a minute, like you probably didn't think it at the time about being a high achiever, but I know that you're probably one of the broadest mind people that I know. You're always looking for ways to up-level and inspire other people as well as stretch yourself. When was the earliest memory for you of actually being a high achiever? It's funny that you ask this because I was actually on a walk yesterday with a girlfriend and I think that 
honestly, I probably only identified as a high achiever in the last 12 months. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And why do you say that? I think before that, like I've always been ambitious. I've always, you know, known that to, you know, get the next promotion or find the rich husband was my thing for a long time. And so like, I'd always like date guys that were kind of a little bit in my world, out of my league (laughs) at that time, like way back when, you know, when I had lots of limiting beliefs, but so I've always kind of pushed for the best that I could get, I guess, the best job, the best promotion, you know, the highest salary, the best business. But I didn't see that as high achievement. I mean, I, I don't even think I was consciously aware of it. I think I was just the way that I was. And it's probably only been since I've, you know, our next goal for our business that I'm building with my husband is, you know, we want to hit 10 million in revenue in a year. And it finally occurred to me that that is a, that's quite an ambitious target. And so that's a different level of growth that requires a different level of me. And it kind of came about that somebody said to me, you're a really high achieving person. And I was like, it took me a little while to resonate with the fact that that's actually what I am. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear this actually a lot with my clients and even someone that just recently, my last round of the High Performance Hive program, she actually didn't even identify with it either because the thing about high performers is they always want more. So they feel like they haven't actually kind of reached that peak yet. So they don't identify as that person, which is super interesting because I love the thought process behind it. I think it's something that people tell us that we're unaware of, and you will know this because you are similar. So people will tell you that you're high achieving, but you're exactly what you just said. Like, I'm like, no way. I'm a 10th of where I want to be in the next 12 months. So (laughs) how is that high achieving? If anything, I'm disappointed. (laughs) Oh, you should definitely not be disappointed. My gosh, there are so many women around the world in awe of you, which is just incredible. Obviously that moment where you thought, oh, hang on a minute, maybe I am. And that minute of, oh my gosh, I want to actually now go from you know, here to here and 10 million, like, you know, 10 million is no small feat for anyone. Obviously, we all know that it's possible. There's obviously things that are in place to get you there. But what kind of mindset shift kind of happened there where you were just like, oh, hang on a minute, actually, maybe we could go for 10. For me, it's always the same. There's always the same recipe or ingredient that helps me to quantum leap. And that is the communities and the networks that I'm part of. And that's why I'm so passionate about growing communities and networks. I recently was introduced to a mentor who has hundreds of millions in multiple businesses around the world. And I'm talking to him and he's just a human. And I think if he can do it, I can do it. And so there's very much that for me, it's always been that. It's always been, if I can see somebody else, I just met a coach the other day, an Australian female coach um, who made a million dollars last month. And I was like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. So I think once I see that there is proof, it's very easy for me to go, And then I just figure out what my proof of concept is going to be. So how actually are we going to do it? What actually would that look like? Now that I've seen it, I believe it. Okay, how are we going to do it? And so as long as I can see it, as long as somebody has done it, and as long as I know that person, I've I've had communication with that person, I can see that there's usually what I realize is there's nothing specifically special about them. They're just a human being that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. All right, let's go for it. Absolutely. And I resonate with that so much. I've just recently come back from a trip in Sydney with a mastermind and being in a room full of millionaires and actually a couple of billionaires. I was like, 
holy fuck, like this is actually possible. And the guy on stage was from a really shitty suburb in Melbourne and I was from a neighbouring suburb. (laughs) And I was like, this dude grew up with nothing. And, you know, I know that you get that too. And it's just unbelievable when you're seeing other people do it as well. It just makes you actually believe. So I love that. If I can take you back to when you were earning 10K months and then, you know, probably a million dollars at the time felt like it was going to be 10 million. (laughs) The stretch felt like just as much. Did you have months where, because, you know, a lot of people on social media, they see coaches out there kicking goals and they just think, fuck, they've just really got it all happening. Was there a time where you were like really fucking struggling to get 10K months? And then all of a sudden there was like a drop-in moment where you're like, hang on a minute, we could actually do this and it would change. Yeah. So I think, I think it really depends on the business model, first of all. And I think that in different business models, it is harder to get $10,000 months. I had spent, and I, I think it also depends on how much work you've done prior to going for it. So I came into the coaching world when I already had a business previously. And that business was a face-to-face events business, which allowed me to really build a platform and an audience. And so when I jumped into coaching, we hit $10,000 months really quickly because I say we, it was me at the time that I had no team. It was just me. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I hit $10,000 months really quickly. Now, I don't think that's the case for everybody. In fact, I know that's not the case for everybody. And I think sometimes if you're just getting started, you just decided you're selling your day job and you just decided that you want to get $10,000 a month. Like to be completely honest, it took me years to get that because I had to spend years developing an audience. I had to spend years showing up to events where two people would be there. I had to spend years, you know, doing that work and building that audience and creating that content and social media skills and all those things that allowed me when I stepped into coaching to actually make $10,000 a month quite quickly. But what you're saying is when I went from $10,000 months to a million dollars, which to be clear, $84,000 months, right? Yes, that felt like <laughs> impossible. <laughs> it felt impossible. Like $10 million actually feels possible. <laughs> but like 1 million. And they say, like people have told this to me many, many times, many coaches, your first million is your hardest. And, and it's true. Honestly, it's true because the level of skill development that happens between $10,000 and a million dollars a year or $10,000 a month to $84,000 months, the team, the leveraging, the audience, the networks, the systems, the build, like it's just so much work. So did it feel impossible? Absolutely. It felt impossible. At some point, right before I launched my Purpose and Profit Mastermind, I had a wait list of 35 people. And it was that that really made me go, if I charged even, I think I was charging a lot less. And in fact, how many, you were one of the first people in the program. So you got it a lot less than what we're charging for it today. And so I just thought to myself, if I could just charge this amount of people and I could get like double that, if I have 35 people on this wait list, I could get 60. I'd be pretty close to actually being there. And so I could see that it was possible. And then I don't, Tim has reflected this. My husband has reflected this back to me quite a few times. Once I believe something is possible, I almost become future state. So once I believe it, I'm like, I already live it like it's happening. And it's a really interesting, it's not something that's a really conscious process for me. I'm not like, okay, you've got to step into it. You've got to, it just becomes like, I already start imagining that I've earned it and I already start speaking about it. Like I understand it and like, I know it. And so by the time I actually reach it, it's usually such a disappointing or meh moment because I've already (laughs) reached it 30,000 times in my head. And so it's a really interesting process that happens along the way. Yeah, amazing. And I love that because it's so true. Like the minute that you're like, okay, well, in my head, I'm already there. It's like if you think forward planning on your calendar so much, you know, you plan so much of your business or your life in advance, 
next minute the year's over, but actually we're still in April. (laughs) But yeah, I totally understand you. And like you said, you know, you did have an audience, you know, to talk to at first. I think, you know, we also probably also hire cheaper mindset is we underestimate how hard it is to actually convert people. (laughs) So it's amazing that you did and obviously took your business there, which is so, so cool. And people do forget that people that are new to following you and things like that as well might not actually know that you had that side of your business as well, which by the way, Steph has an awesome podcast. So definitely check it out. Tells a lot more about her story as well. I was going to say on that as well, just anyone who's listening that might have a business and they're trying to grow. I had an audience and I also had proof because I'd built a multi-six figure business with teams previously. And so I had an audience and I had proof. And those two things were very powerful. And then I undercharged. So it was very easy, right? And so I think that it won't always be easy for every single person. It definitely will not be as easy as I had it. But I also wasn't easy from the first business was not easy. The first 18 months of my understanding of business was not easy. I cried every day. It was awful. I hated myself. I hated growth. I was, you know, I was identifying as lazy. I had to quit my job. It was terrifying. I lost friends. It was a really awful, shitty time. And so I had it easier once I built the thing, but I worked freaking hard to build the thing before I actually started coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you know, you were like just everyone else that didn't have that at the start in your first business. Yeah. I guess, you know, even thinking about that now, if you had people out there listening that are just starting out, which there's a lot of them, (laughs) as you know, if they are just starting out and they don't perhaps have that previous, you know, small business proof to go off, but maybe they're coming out of a career, what do you think would be something that people could do to kind of prove themselves to a fresh audience? How do people prove themselves to a fresh audience? I have my method and I don't want to say that my method is right or wrong because I think there's a thousand methods. I'm not a right way coach. I really believe that all methods work. It's just about finding the one that works for you. My method is and always has been and probably always will be to go to market with an underpriced product because you need to charge. I think sometimes we're really entitled as a society. And I think sometimes we go into market charging what other people are charging because we think we're worth it. And I put that in inverted commas. Because you are worthy without tying a price tag to it. But I really believe that if you're just getting started, like for me personally, I just dissolve the ego completely. And I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Let's be completely honest. Like if I'm starting something for the first time, I have no idea. Like we're about to do some big things in in my business right now that's going to allow us to get to 10 million. And I'm going to have no idea what I'm doing. So for the first iteration of it, guess what? It's going to be cheap. So if you want to get on board, get on board fast. (laughs) <laughs> because it, but it will get better. Does that make sense? And so everything we do, we test and we test cheap. So if you want proof of concept, if you want to prove to people that you can do what you say you can do, you need to prove it. But in order to dissolve the objection, which is why would I pay for it? Just remove the objection, make it cheap, make it cheap enough that it's a heck yes, so that you can get someone an incredible result, so that they can tell their friends about you, so they can tell everybody how amazing it is and you can get your proof, right? And if you just do that, I can promise you, like stay in your day job as long as you need to, to get that proof, you know? Love that. Love that. That's like amazing feedback. Like you said, a lot of people tie their self-worth to, you know, a number or a milestone. And um, yeah, that- Like I need to charge more than that because other people are charging more than that. I need to charge more than that because I'm worth it because my 10 years of experience, it's like your 10 years of experience don't mean much, unfortunately, unless you've got proof that you've actually- 
manage to change it for somebody, you know? And once you have that proof, and you probably need a few people of proof, just by the way, then you'll start to gain the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Love that. So let's talk about what you think is your biggest achievement to date, because high performers usually don't think that they've achieved much. (laughs) So I always love asking this just to see, and it doesn't necessarily have to be business. It might be a life milestone that you think, you know what? Fuck yeah. In that moment, I thought we made it. This is a hard question because you're exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) How you know you're a high performer. Honestly, this is going to so be so cliche, but marrying my husband was a, a real moment for me. I have always only wanted to be loved. And so for me personally, I spent most of my teens and early 20s and late 20s looking for someone that would accept me and love me. And so finding that person and building a life with Tim, we're both entrepreneurs, we both love growth, we both did this stuff together. And it's, I kind of like, I don't think I would be an entrepreneur. I wouldn't be an entrepreneur if it wasn't for Tim, but even right now, if something happened or we got divorced or whatever, I don't think I would keep going because it's only fun because we do it together. And so it's really interesting to, yeah, like all my achievements are great, but like nothing means more than marrying and doing life with your best friend. But in my world, that's been probably. And also our honeymoon because our honeymoon was bomb.com and <laughs> it was luxing. And I was like, oh, we made it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I obviously watched your stories when you guys were in Thailand for your honeymoon and the smiles on your faces and the places that you were going, like you could tell, like that was just so evident. I've spent a lot of time with you and you and Tim anyway, and I think you guys are fantastic together. So I I 100% think that that's just beautiful. It's not cliche or soppy or anything. And look, at the end of the day, we're humans. We are hardwired to want to connect with someone on that level. And I think that's beautiful that you found your person. Thank you. I always like to ask this as well about women in business, especially, you know, someone like yourself, that a lot of people in their eyes would look at you, Steph, and think, you know what, you're so successful. But I also love hearing about the nitty gritty of perhaps a time where you failed tremendously. (laughs) And what did you actually learn from that? I had this question asked to me the other day by a client, actually. And I I was like, you have to fail. You have to fail fast. You have to fail often. And she was like, okay, but tell me about a time that you failed. And I wanted to give her this really like catastrophic, world-shattering moment. And I've, I've had a few and, and I'll share one with you, but I fail every day. Yeah. I would say that I fail every day. I fail sometimes at being a wife. I fail sometimes at being a dog mom. I fail because I over-prioritize my business and I under-prioritize my health. I sometimes fail because I would say I fail my team. Sometimes I'm not the best leader because I'm grumpy, I'm moody, or I've got my period. You know, like I... I'm a human being and and I fail on a really regular basis. And so I think that this strive for perfection that is in society is so exhausting. And I give myself space to be okay with, with the fact that sometimes like, yeah, Steph, you just didn't do good enough. Like really, you know, there's no mindset of, no, but it's okay because you are good enough. Like sometimes you just really fucking aren't, Steph. And sometimes you really let people down and you really let yourself down and no amount of you're okay and affirmations is going to make that better. What makes that better is change. And so for me personally, on a daily basis, I fail. But in answer to your actual question, an example of a time that I failed, I was growing my first business and it's why I'm so passionate about teaching this now. I was growing my first business and I had never had money before. And, and unfortunately, my parents 
went bankrupt when I was quite young. And so I have quite an extreme money story that I, that I have to work on on a really regular basis. But what that meant for me is that I hid from looking at the numbers. I would measure the metrics that I enjoyed measuring, like revenue. And I would ignore metrics that I didn't enjoy measuring, like literally every other metric. <laughs> Hello, expenses. <laughs> like, what expenses? What do you mean? We're fine. We're making heaps of money. And so I, in my first business, neglected to measure the metrics that mattered. And what that led me to was a rippling anxiety because I could feel energetically the business was spiraling out of control. I could see that my bank account wasn't growing. It wasn't necessarily plummeting, but with the amount of money that was coming in, I was like, where is the money though at the end of the month? Mm -hmm. And I could feel that it wasn't right. And I remember sitting in the car one day with Tim and he was like, when we get, I was freaking out, like anxious, hives all over my body, like really, really anxious. And he said, when we go home, we're going to look at the numbers. And I just burst into tears. So I was so scared. I was so scared to fully see what I already knew. Yeah. When I looked at the numbers, um, it was very bad. And it called for massive change in the business. And it called for a lot of firing of people and people who I really fucking cared about and people who meant a lot to me and people who, you know, because of my mistake now wouldn't have the money to feed their families and would have to go and find other jobs. It has been one of the most crippling moments of my existence so far is firing employees is one thing, but firing them because you fucked up is a really different energy. And so that will forever be one of the hardest conversations and experiences I've had. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. I've had to let people go in corporate businesses before and it sucks, absolutely sucks, especially when you know it's not their fault. It's easy if someone's doing something wrong, it can be like, hey, bye, Felicia. But, you know, yeah, that's hard. And so now what do you, you know, you obviously will have come away from that and gone, okay, well, that's fucking never happening again because one, it sucks for them, but also sucks for you. How did you kind of learn from that? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I put in place, like every week is I get my KPI sent to me. So, you know, for my team, we measure and we track all metrics, um, like literally every single metrics, all the way from reach and impact and comments and likes and that sort of thing on social media, all the way through to profit, expenses, wages, percentages, uh, efficiency percentages, uh, how operationally efficient our business is. Like we met the sales conversion rates, lead to sales conversion rates, just all of it gets measured. And it's something that, and especially moving forward into the next iteration of my program, it's something that we do tell our clients to do all the time. We don't necessarily know that they actually do it, which is <laughs> in the next iteration of what we are building, it will be a non-negotiable. We're just so sick of seeing business owners build inefficiently the same way that we have. It's so easy to build, guys. It's so easy to scale 10, 20, 30K months. It's easy sometimes to build a million dollar business depending on the industry they're in. But if it's all in, all out, there's just no point. There's just yeah. no point. And undoing that further along is much harder. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Great piece of advice for people. Track your numbers. Even if you think you hate them, learn to love them. Yeah, <laughs> Amazing. I've got a fast five little question set that I love to ask people. It's got a couple of little random things in there. Are we ready to go? Yes, I'm scared, but yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing too scary in here. Um, what do you think are the top three habits or characteristics of a high performer? Get up early, take messy action, and move your body. Love that. Number one tip, if you're feeling stressed or anxious, what do you like to do? Go for a walk. Yeah. Breathe and go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And your favorite destination in the world? 
My favorite destination in the world has got to be Italy, but I haven't been to the Maldives yet. So <laughs> in my head, I'm like, it's going to be there, but I haven't been yet. So you're like, I think I know. <laughs> Feature paste, right? Like I'm already living in the Maldives. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm, in my there. head, I've been there. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my head, I'm like, it's the Maldives, but I like haven't actually <laughs> experienced it yet. I love that. I love that. Okay, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If you were a meal or a cocktail, what would you be and why? Ah, you do know the answer to this one. <laughs> I would be a cosmopolitan cocktail <laughs> because she's classy and she's fun and hangs out with the girls and she makes you feel empowered when you're drinking it. And I just, and she's pink, and I just, and they're tasty and they go down easy and they make you social. And all of those <laughs> are like all of my favorite things. Love that. Love that so much. I think since, you know, I was probably, gosh, even how old would I have been the first time I watched it? Maybe 14 when I first started watching Sex in the City. I was just like, it is goals. It is total boss goals. <laughs> 100%. And that's where it came from for me too. Like the first yeah. time I was the Cosmopolitan, I was like, I am Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Like, it is happening. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that. And my last question for you, which now I also think I know this, what is it the top of your bucket list? <laughs> you do know. Right now, the top of our bucket list in terms of travel, yeah, for sure, we want to head over to the Maldives. But um, actually on the top of my bucket list, the next thing that we want to do is we want to build a retreat space in Bali or Lombok. That's 100% on our top of our bucket list, myself and my husband, just a matter of when and how, but already built it in my head. So, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we want to build something that really makes a difference in people's lives. And so we're really excited about that. But in the very, very short term, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, yeah, go ahead and build that retreat space because I'm always looking for new venues to take people. So I'm there. I'm already there as well. (laughs) You're already in future state with me. (laughs) 100%. Let's get there. Maybe let's build. You could always build one in the Maldives too. (laughs) Why not? Well, thank you so much for sharing so much of your story and thoughts and experience with us, Steph. I know that the Ladies listening will have so many takeaways from this. How can everyone reach you? Best place. First of all, thank you for having me. And I'm so excited that you started this podcast because you have so much wisdom to share. And secondly, the place that you can find me is on my Instagram is always the best place to come and chat. I am heavily active in there. So um, you can come check me out at Steph Gorton underscore underscore on Instagram. Amazing. I will pop all of that in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for joining us, Steph. It has been so fun and my absolute pleasure to have you. Have a beautiful day. And don't forget, if you're listening, please screenshot the podcast and post it to your socials and give us a tag at Harmony double underscore Jade, as well as tagging in Steph Gorton as well. We would love to know what resonated with you the most. Also, don't forget a little cheeky review for us just to help push us up the charts to get in the ears of more business women. Thanks, Steph, so much. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You've been listening to the High Performance Hive podcast. I'm Harmony Jade. If you also are someone who has a story of burnout to breakthrough, hustle to happiness, or maybe you're a high performer that is living the absolute dream, then I would love to hear about you and your story. Meanwhile, please go out there and chase your biggest fuck dream and share it with all of your friends so that they can help support and lift you up until next episode please like follow and share 
we'll catch you soon.